morning, Pastor Kurt and all the, the folks who are joining in through Facebook and through our website. Um, as you've noticed, I am not Chip, I am not Terry, uh, I am not, let's see, who else do we have? Pastor Lori, I'm not Pastor Lori, uh, I'm not Pastor Steve, um, I am Dave Jezik. Um, normally, if you guys recognize me, I do a lot with the small groups and with Terry. Uh, I am also usually the one sitting on the other side of the camera, <laughs> so uh, I do a lot of the tech stuff as well. Uh, today, Terry and Chip asked me to bring the last sermon in our series of Modern Day Prophets. Uh, the, we've been kind of going over the last few weeks and I think the last couple months uh, in the stories of Elijah and Elisha and the miracles that they've performed during the time of kind of Israel being away from God. And every single time they come into it, the, the, the sermon series is called, or this week is being called Praying Up a Storm. And when they asked me to it, they said, well, here's the verses. And I go, oh, this is great. It's only like six verses. I don't know if you've noticed the last like eight weeks, whoever the readers have been, they've had like been up here for like five minutes going through like a 10 minute long story of, of what's going on. And they're great stories, but this one's only five or six verses. So I was like, all right, great. And they said, okay, you're, you're going to preach on prayer. And I go, oh, this is going to be great. The Elijah and Elisha have all these really great prayers. And then you look in this section, and there is no actual spoken word prayer in the entire six verses. So I kind of had to draw back. I spent about four years in seminary. I went, and I, I studied, and I you know, learned Greek. I learned Hebrew. I got to do all the fun stuff that you do in seminary when you learn how to study the scripture. And so, well, there's a commentary. It's got to talk about the prayers that are happening during this verse. So I go through about five different commentaries, six different commentaries, and none of them really talk about praying in this section. So, oh, well, okay, go back to some of my seminary knowledge. And I had to go back to the first day in school and in my Systematic Theology 101 class. And for, for those of you guys who don't know, Systematic Theology is just a very fancy way of saying how to explain the Bible in a logical way. That's all it is. And the very first day, the professor woke, stood up in class, and he wrote something on the board, and he said, this will impact the rest of your life if you can implement this into your ministry and into your life and into how you view things in politics and how you view things in economics and how you view things in your relationships with other people. And he said, a text without a context is a pretext for a proof text. And let me say that one more time because it just sounds really, really funny when you hear it. And my wife, she'll call me up on the phone randomly when she's with friends and she'll be like, say the thing. I'm like, <laughs> great, what thing? She, no, the thing from school. Okay, great. So a text without a context is a pretext for a proof text, which means that anything that you take, you can take one line, you can pick one, one verse out of scripture, you can take one quote from somebody and you can turn that around and you can create an entire political, economic, religious belief structure under that one sentence. And it might not be right. That's the scary thing. So we need to study around what's going on to actually find the prayer in this section. So prayer kind of encompasses three things. And, and you see Elijah pray, Elijah pray once. You actually see him pray. And the kicker is, is that we don't know what he said. The prayer was personal. 
It was between him and God. It says in the Bible, he got down on his knees, he put his head to the ground, and when he got up, he told his servant with the utmost confidence, go pray, go check out the top of this mountain. So it's personal. The Oxford English Dictionary defines prayer as a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. Which is really, really, sounds really, really cool. The thing is, is that prayer is not this extremely holier-than-thou thing. It is the relationship between you and God. You can't have a relationship with other people unless you talk to them or correspond with them in some way. It could be letters, it could be words, it could be you know, speaking, it could be text messaging. Look how many people just sit around and they sit on their phones and they text. Go through like your text history and full conversations happen with people. Full relationships happen with communicating with another person. It is a personal relationship between you and God. That's all prayer is. It is the discussion back and forth. I've been married for about 12 years now, give or take. Um, I have friendships <laughs> that, have, that have lasted for many, many years. I've had, unfortunately, enemies that have also lasted many, many years. Um, but all of those things are stemmed in one thing, communication. That's right. And it's talking back and forth. So it's such a personal thing that we don't even get to hear what this prayer was. So context-wise, for Elijah, who just finished, we heard about it from Chip a few weeks ago, there's a majestic moment that happens, there's a, a fight between, a spiritual fight between the prophets of Baal and with Elijah, and they basically say like, okay, well you guys take a calf and you pray to your God, and then I'll take a calf and I'll pray to my God, and we'll see who, who answers. And what happens, the prophets of Baal, they, you know, pray and they shout. There's a whole bunch of them. The Bible says about 450 of them going and screaming and yelling. And Elijah even says, like, well, maybe your God hasn't answered. Maybe you just need to be louder, you know, scream louder, pray louder, do whatever you need to do, dance, you know, whatever has to happen. So they do that and nothing still happens. And then Elijah Simple, simple man takes 12 stones, puts them in a circle, puts the offering on top of it, puts the lumber on top of it, and he says, start dumping water on it. You know, you do everything that you can do to keep this thing from lighting a blaze. And we'll see what happens. And he prays, and a gigantic fire pillar comes down and consumes everything, down to the dirt. So this is a moment where you would think, like, Elijah's going to go up to the top of the mountain and be like, we did it, God, look at this, yes! All 450 prophets, we slaughtered them all. You know, this great, joyous prayer, this excited thing that people are turning back to you. All right, look, we did it. But no, he just gets down on his knees, puts his head to the ground, and says something that we don't even get to hear. Because it's between him and God. It's a personal relationship. Getting to be the last one in the series, you also get to go back and listen to all the previous ones. And in every single sermon, they talk about Elijah and Elisha. They can't do anything or they don't do anything unless they pray first. And they have that communication with God. 
They're, every single time, you can, you can listen back. We've got them all online. You can listen to them all. Every single person says, you know, God comes in, and he'll come in, and he'll start doing work as soon as my people come and pray and start talking to me so that I can understand, they can understand what's going on. It's not just, oh, well, miracle, 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 and, you know, Elijah and Elisha taking credit for everything. They're like, God is doing everything. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with God. So that prayer is a very, very personal thing. Um, it can be public sometimes. We look at the prayer that he just had beforehand. God, come down, show them that you're the greatest one on the earth, you know, in all of Israel. It can be very private. Again, we don't know what he said. So a lot of times, and the other thing with that is that nobody can pray for you. Nobody can replace you praying to God. It's not like I can go to Pastor Lori and go, Lori, I need you to pray for me. Please pray for me. And me not actually go and pray. Lori can pray as much as she wants. But if I don't sit there and I don't build my relationship with God through prayer, nothing is going to happen because God isn't interacting with me. He's interacting with Lori, which is great. You know, Lori and him have a wonderful relationship. But I'm sitting here going, okay, well, I need someone else to talk for me instead of just going direct to God and also praying myself. So those relationships can't be built unless you come and make a personal relationship with him through prayer, through study, through understanding. Prayer is also persistent. It says in the scriptures that he went and that he ended up having to go. And <laughs> I, love, I love the servants. I feel so bad for the servants of these prophets because it's constantly like, go and do this. They go and they do the thing and they come back and they're like, nothing happened. Like, well, go again. <laughs> okay, I'll go again. Comes back, nothing happened. Well, go again. Okay, I'll go again. So these guys, I mean, and, you know, last week we were talking about, you know, the, the servants being freaked out and God opened his eyes and then he sees these massive multitudes. These servants are really kind of worn out at the end of the day. But this one and this one, they come, and it's about a 10-minute walk from, from where Elijah was praying to the top of the mountain to see the water is about a 10-minute walk. And so imagine having to be this servant. You've got a 10-minute walk up the mountain, don't see anything, come back 10 minutes down, and then the prophet goes, well, go up again. <laughs> All right, so he goes up again, comes back down. Nothing. Seven times this happened. So this is like a three-hour period that he's sitting here sending his, his servant up and down this hill, and then he turns around, he prays again, goes back up the hill. Comes back, nothing. Prays again, goes back up the hill. So um, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It has to be persistent. We sit here and we kind of say, you know, we, we live in an age of instant gratification, so right now, you've got TikTok, you've got Facebook, you've got Instagram, and if you don't know what any of those things are, find one of the high school or middle school kids and ask them, because they'll know what they all are. And, but we, we, we constantly are posting things, we're constantly looking for that affirmation. We want likes, we want comments, we want you know, people to subscribe to whatever we're doing. Um, we, we just we want that instant gratification. Look, I posted this thing on Facebook, or I posted this thing on TikTok, and now I have 500 likes, or I have two likes, 
And we, we rate our status in the world on these instant gratification items. We want to be able to order things on Amazon. Two-day shipping isn't fast enough, so now we need same-day shipping. And now we need like 20-minute shipping. Like the guy's like standing outside. We need drones to be delivering them from the sky and all this stuff. We need, we need it now. And like I, it's, it's amazing because I've, I've done this myself. I don't know if you guys have done this, but you look and you're like, oh, standard shipping? Like, I, I don't, no, forget it. I'll just, I, I won't even buy it now at this point because it won't get here by tomorrow. So we, we live in an age of instant gratification. And God is saying, no, no, you need to continually, persistently pray and persistently seek me. Uh, one of the neatest things, at, 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 and I do have to say, according to, a website called godweb.org, which is an actual site, uh, the most famous prayer in the world is the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to throw it up there in a second, but so there's about 900 years between these two prayers. So we've got Elijah's prayer in chapter 18 of verse 36. I want you to look at the comparisons. I'm going to read them, but look at the comparisons between the Lord's Prayer and Elijah's prayer. O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known that this day you are the God in Israel, that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your bidding. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned your, their hearts back. And the Lord's Prayer. O our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do you see the highlighted sections up there? Sorry, you can kind of see them. Um, the prayer is almost the exact same. The thing I love about Jesus is Jesus is kind of like the Cliff's Notes of the Old Testament. The, the people go like, oh, teach us how to do this. And he's like, okay, well, I'll give you a story, but it's, the story's actually about 800 years old or 900 years old. You know, God, teach us how to pray. What should we say when we're praying? And he takes a prayer from 900 years prior, and he takes it and he changes a couple of the words around, but it's effectively the exact same prayer. It's a persistent prayer. It hasn't changed. From before that, we pray the same prayers today that we were praying 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago. We still pray for the same things. So Paul, in his letter to the Thessalonians, writes, pray continuously or pray without ceasing, depending on the, the translation that you're using. And he doesn't say that because he's like, well, if you, the, the longer you pray, the more you pray, the, you know, the more articulate words you use, God will answer those prayers faster than he'll answer prayers that are just, God, help me. It's a matter of praying and being persistent in your prayer, being persistent in pursuing that relationship. We talked about if it's personal, then it has to be persistent. If I, you know met my wife when we started dating, and I was like, okay, now that we're married, I'm done. We're going to stop talking. I mean, really, we, we, we accomplished the goal we were trying to accomplish. Then that relationship would be dead. With our relationship with Christ, if we come to Christ and we say, Lord, I, I, I submit myself to you, okay, I'll see you later. You know, not having those communication lines is the most important thing. You've got to be persistent in what you pray for. 
Sometimes God takes a day. Sometimes God answers prayer instantaneously. Sometimes God takes years to answer prayer. If you haven't been to House of Prayer, I would highly, highly suggest it. It's one of those places where if you talk to anybody that's there for five minutes, you can see how awesome God is and how long some of those prayers take and how short some of those prayers take. And sometimes we haven't even seen the answers to them. But it does, we don't stop praying. We don't stop talking to God. We don't stop the lines of communication because God hasn't done something yet. So prayer is personal. Prayer is persistent. Prayer is also powerful. We see what happens. It's not the magical genie in the bottle. We don't, you don't get to sit there and rub the lamp of prayer and go, okay, God, yay, give me the Powerball this, year, this week. You know, it's 300 million, let's go. He still hasn't answered that prayer, by the way. God, maybe a little Powerball action. Um, we don't get to, to ask in him to go, poof, it's solved. This whole story, this is the end of the story of one that started a number of years earlier. And again, we go back to our context. There was a famine, or a, I'm sorry, a, 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 not, not my brain has gone. That's a drought, thank you. <laughs> it's been a long morning so far. But there was a drought in the land, and that's, that was our introduction to Elijah, is that there's a drought that starts in the land because people turn their hearts from God, and they started worshiping other gods. So that's the beginning. Years later now, we've gotten years of Elijah going, please turn your hearts back to God. Please turn your hearts back to God. Please turn your hearts back to God. And the people not listening. Finally, there's this amazing moment. And he goes up, and there's literally like a firebolt that comes down. It's a powerful thing that's happened. So now we've got another moment, though, where God is kind of slowly answering prayer. But it's still a powerful moment. So he gets on, you know, he goes up to the mountaintop, he prays, and then the servant says, well, there's this, this thing, it's about as big as my hand, looking off into the distance. It looks like a rain cloud. And it starts rolling in. And it's a powerful, powerful storm. It talks about how, like, go down there because everything's going to get flooded. So just go now so that we can tell the king that God did this because everything's flooding after this. So he works with the spectacular, the firebolt from heaven, and he also works in the natural world with a rain cloud coming in as it would normally over a body of water. The neat thing about that, too, is we have that today. So we, we sit here and we expect God, we kind of say, God, give me a miracle, God, give me a miracle, God, give me a miracle, you know, whatever it is, change me, give me a better job, change my wife or my husband, change my friends, change me, whatever it is. And we expect the little lightning bolt to come out of heaven and catch us and be like, well, look, I magically, whatever that is, you know, the phone, I, I say amen and now the phone's ringing, I got a better job. Phone's ringing, my car is getting replaced. Phone's ringing, my wife is like, you are the best person on earth. Which she says all the time, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> but we expect these miraculous moments. And what happens is we don't always see how God does them with the natural order of things. A few years ago, we had a small group initiative, and there was a kind of how this most recent one we did went, and there was a gentleman on the video, and he said, 
I was in depression. I was having a rough time with my life. My, you know, I was alone. I didn't have a job. I was, you know, in college. I was having problems with my family. And someone came along, a friend of mine in one of my classes said, hey, why don't you come to this small group? And over the course of the year that they were meeting together, he looked back at his life the year before and said, look, God has changed my heart through this small group to actually, you know, my, my family, I've been willing to go out and, and resolve these issues with God's help. It, it wasn't a miraculous lightning bolt that solved this problem. It was God working through other people, God working in the world, and making these miraculous changes come. You know, people a lot of times will pray for healing, and then God will put in their way doctors or physicians or therapists or people to help heal them. And that's not like the lightning bolt going, boop, you're fixed. But it's a powerful, powerful thing to have all of these influences in your life or all of these people come around or God moving people into and out of our lives to see what's going on. If you, again, it's, it's, it's a strange thing. So God is, God is, again, it's a personal prayer. is a personal relationship with God. Prayer is a powerful relationship with God. And God is, uh, prayer is a, a persistent thing. We're wrapping up now in this series, and we're going to be starting, we've mentioned a little bit beforehand, we've mentioned a little bit in the last couple of weeks about how we're going to be doing a small group initiative on I said this, you heard that. And I was, as I was preparing for this, I kept coming back to the fact that this is how prayer works. Is that maybe we said something to God and, and he's responding in a way that we might not have expected or we didn't like the answer to. And, or maybe God's saying something to us and we're just not listening. Or maybe we're responding the wrong way. Or this is what we're hearing. So I encourage you guys over the course of the next you know, six to eight weeks, please join a small group and think about kind of how your relationship with God is working as well as our relationship with other people. Because the material we're going to be covering over the next six to eight weeks, a lot of it is, you know, how do you build a relationship with other people and how do you kind of enrich and grow other people. But all of the things that are in there also pertain 100% to our relationship to God. And how does God say things and how do we respond to God in those things back and forth? So I encourage you to please, please, please uh, sign up. Uh, you can sign up online. Pastor Terry uh, said our new website has lots of really cool stuff on it. Part of it is signing up for that. But I would encourage you to please sign up for the new small group initiative. And, um, and hopefully online community, we will see you next week. <laughs>